human ear is an amazing instrument. It can hear a leaf drop or a pin drop and uh, gossip a mile away. But, but God has given us the gift of hearing. And he's also given us powerful instruction in using our ears. Brethren, we all need to honor God with our ears and with our hearing. If you turn to Luke, the eighth chapter, we have an admonition from Christ. Luke, the eighth chapter, starting with verse 17. For nothing is secret that will be revealed, nor anything hidden that will not be known and come to light. Therefore, verse 18, Luke 8, Therefore take heed how you hear. Take heed how you hear. For everyone, whoever has, to him more will be given him. And whoever does not have, even that which he seems to have will be taken from him. In other words, God holds us responsible for the calling we have, for the knowledge of truth that we have, that we must fulfill our calling and fulfill our responsibilities. So he says, take heed how you hear. We need to use godly knowledge and instruction to God's honor and glory. We need to fulfill the mission that God has given us. He says for Luke 12, verse 48, For everyone to whom much is given... From him, much will be required. So God has given us much truth and understanding, great responsibility, and we have to fulfill that responsibility. The title of the sermon today is, Take Heed How You Hear. Take Heed How You Hear. We must be faithful listeners and use the gift of hearing that God has given us to grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ. We need to exercise godly hearing and take heed how we hear. My wife and I are hard of hearing, so we have to concentrate when anyone speaks to try to understand what they're saying. So uh, please speak slowly and distinctly when you're talking to my wife and me, and uh, sometimes you have to even speak in our ears so we can understand. Some people misunderstand what is being uh, being said, and children sometimes misunderstand. I'm sure some of you parents have some cute sayings from your children when they were young. You know the the Pledge of Allegiance uh, to the Republic for which it stands. Well, the one child says, "I pledge allegiance to the flag and to the Republic." of Richard Sands. So it's not Richard Sands, it's the public for which it stands. Now there's also a problem called semantic noise. That means that the words are difficult to understand or a context is missing. For example, if I were to say, you all know about Oogadago, don't you? Now, that's semantic noise, because you don't, some of most of you don't understand what Oogadago is. But if I were to say, you all know the capital city of the African nation of Burkina Faso is Ouagadougou, then you, you better understand, and it minimizes that semantic noise. Now, I want to give you a test of your hearing, and some of you have heard this before, so don't let others know the correct answer to the question. Listen carefully. How many 
pairs of clean animals did Moses take into the ark? Now, how many say two? No. How many say seven? Okay, several of you say seven. Some of you are not answering because the answer is none. Moses did not take any clean animals into the ark. Now, it's kind of a trick question, I understand, but it illustrates the matter of how we hear. You heard the emphasis on clean animals, but you didn't hear Moses, and you thought I said Noah. So are you a good listener? In today's sermon, I want to explore some of the wonders of sound, the human ear, the keys to listening more effectively. God has given us this awesome gift. The gift of hearing allows us to communicate, to learn, and to appreciate the sounds and glories of nature. You know, from the whisper of wind to the roaring sound of a waterfall or a thunderclap. The famous song, I Believe, features the line, Every time I hear a newborn baby cry, Every time I hear a newborn baby cry, or touch a leaf, or see the sky, then I know why I believe. God has given us beautiful sounds to hear. Are you a good listener? What are the keys to effective listening? And what are God's instructions to you in using the gift of hearing? In today's sermon, we'll discuss God's gift and qualities of sound and hearing. What do you listen to? What are the purposes for listening? Are you a good listener and listening to others in a social situation? Listening to God, the watchman's trumpet warning, and the triumphant sounds of the future. So first of all, let's turn to Proverbs, the 20th chapter, Proverbs 20, and we'll look to God's gift of qualities of sound and hearing. Proverbs, the 20th chapter, and verse 12, Proverbs 20 and verse 12. The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the eternal has made them both. We understand the tremendous gift that God has given us, but along with that gift comes responsibility. The Bible uses the term listen or its form of listening 147 times. The Bible uses the word hear, even as an imperative, hear this, hear that, 506 times. And the Bible uses the expression, hear the word of the Lord, 33 times. My turn to Isaiah, the 29th chapter. We look forward to the time when the deaf will hear the word. And what will they hear? Isaiah 29 And verse 17. Is it not yet a very little while till Lebanon shall be turned into a fruitful field, and the fruitful field be esteemed as a forest? In that day, talking about the millennium, the deaf shall hear the words of the book. So the deaf today do not hear the words of the book, although we at God's headquarters are striving to help them because we have the... uh, transcripts of our sermon and transcripts of uh, other messages so we can communicate to the deaf and to the blind. We have the audios of uh, uh, booklets. We have the reading for the blind, uh, the several of the booklets and the, the Tomorrow's World magazine, 
uh, so that the blind can hear the messages. But we look forward to the day when the deaf shall hear the words of the book, and the eyes of the blind shall see out of the obscurity and out of darkness. But we look forward to that time. And uh, we have God's promise that that will happen in the future. So we strive to help those who are healing impaired. I've been inspired by the story of Helen Keller. In fact, one of my first graduate classes, I used the uh, the book Teacher and Macy Sullivan. It was a story about the breakthrough of uh, teaching Helen Keller. Helen Keller was born June 27, 1880, as a healthy baby, but in, at 19 months, she contracted what it was called at the time brain fever. And that left her blind and deaf at eight, 19 months of age. That frustration led to quite a few behavioral problems. And, uh, of course, you may have seen the movie. How many of you have seen the movie The Miracle Worker, which was about that story? See, quite a few of you have seen that. A very inspiring story. Uh, the parents hired Ann Sullivan, who was a graduate of Perkins School for the Blind, to teach Helen at age seven. And it still was very frustrating. How can you communicate with someone blind and deaf? It was that breakthrough moment when Ann Sullivan was pumping water into the hand of Helen with one hand and, and then in the other hand spelling W-A-T-E-R with the other hand. And it was a breakthrough for Helen Keller. Finally, the light went on and communication was made possible to her. What's a, what an awesome, inspiring moment. And in that day, she learned 30 words. In the next six months, she learned 500 words in Braille. And over a period of time, and Macy Sullivan helped her, even through Radcliffe College, she was one of the first individuals, blind and deaf, to graduate from college at Radcliffe at age 24 and had her degree at that time. She died uh, just short of the age uh, 88, and it was said of her life's contribution that she will be rem- remembered for really transforming the view of people toward blind and other disabled. And she said that people with disabilities can live a full and complete life. That's so very encouraging. My mother-in-law, Mildred Meredith, uh, was deaf for a while, and she would sit with us in Sabbath services and My wife would write down notes, and Grandma would look at the notes to see what was going on. She couldn't hear, but that time she could see. Later on, she also went blind, and Dr. Meredith took her over to the Big Sandy area where she finally had to have help at the the Hawkins Care Center. In the feast of uh, 1988, we were in Tucson and went on to Big Sandy, and I visited... Grandma Meredith in the care center. And I spelled in her hand, I said, D-I-C-K. She said, oh, Dick, it's so good to have you here. And then she went off and some other talk, and I spelled my name again. And then I said, started spelling in her hand, I-L-O-V-E. She interrupted me and said, I love you too. Just one of the most 
touching moments uh, in my life, of many, of course, but it was a communication of someone who was both blind and deaf. So Grandma Meredith lived to, what, 94, I guess it was, and it was a wonderful example of a grandma who was interested in her family and always encouraged them. We look forward to the time, as it says in Isaiah 35, we turn over a few pages, Isaiah 35 and verse 5, this millennial picture, Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the eyes of the deaf shall be unstopped. So the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. And the tongue of the dumb sing, for waters shall burst forth out of the wilderness and streams out of the deserts. What would you want a deaf person to hear in the millennium when he or she is healed? Mr. Mike DeSimone had that question at uh, Hilton Head last uh, year at the feast. We had a a, a congregational uh, dinner and uh, Bible study afterwards, and he opened it up to questions from the audience, and even the children answered the questions. We had roving microphones, and so he asked the question, uh, what would you want a deaf person to hear upon being healed? And one nine-year-old girl said, rain. And another child said, ocean waves. And another child said, singing. We take all of these things for granted. But there are pleasant sounds, and we enjoy the sounds. Of, uh, I was just listening to rain uh, the other night, uh, last week. I was sitting by my bedroom window in the evening and opened the window, and here was just a beautiful, steady rain, just listening to that rain against the backdrop of the, of the woods. It was just so wonderful and peaceful and inspiring. But on the other hand, there is sound that is damaging to our ears. A 12-inch cannon going off 12 feet above and ahead of you is at 230 decibels. And the threshold of pain for our ears is 120 to 140 decibels. And some rock bands go up to 180 decibels It's not only destructive to the hearing, but also affects the mind. They called it music to go deaf by. The Chicago Tribune article, Hearing Loss, that's an older person's problem, right? By uh, Candy Sagan of the Chicago Tribune. She writes, the latest research from the Centers Centers for Disease Control and Prevention shows some 40 million Americans ages 20 to 69 with hearing damage from everyday loud noise, including heavy traffic, noisy restaurants, rock concerts, sporting events, loud music via earbuds. Among 12 to 19-year-olds, researchers estimate some 17% show evidence of noise-induced hearing loss in one or both ears. The studies have shown, quote, a common problem among their younger uh, patients is cranking up the sound in their earbuds to mask the noise around them. I had a patient who listened to loud music through his earbuds while he was mowing the lawn to drown out the noise of the mower. Unfortunately, using noise to drown out noise makes it even worse. So to protect your hearing, they advise wear earplugs, limit your exposure. 
Not only that, but sound is being used as a weapon. They're called sonic weapons. Uh, this article on son- sonic weapons, long, noisy history by Eric uh, Nealer. And this is from history.com. From the Israelite army of trumpet-blaring priests who shook the walls of Jericho 3,500 years ago to the U.S. Navy's current use of long-range acoustic devices, nations and their armies have deployed both weapons and various sounds as a form of attack. Also in Iraq, for perhaps the first time, the Pentagon deployed an actual sound weapon known as LRAD, or long-range acoustic device. They are currently deployed on naval ships to deter smaller boats from approaching. More than 20 current uh, countries are now using LRAD. The Israeli Defense Force have used it to break up Palestinian protests. Japanese whaling ships have repelled environmental groups, and several cruise ships have used it to fight off pirates in places like the Horn of Africa and the Indian Ocean. And even, as you heard recently, some of our diplomats in Cuba and in China have had to been withdrawn because of a mysterious uh, disease or, or uh, health problems. And what they expect is that might have had something to do with sounds. Reports of sound, sonic weapons in China and previously in Cuba have left many wondering whether sonic weapons could be targeting U.S. diplomats. So, so we understand that sound can be good for us and it can be bad for us. It can be a weapon, weapons against us. When I was in the seventh grade science class, we had the classic questions, and perhaps some of you students have been asked that question. And uh, if a tree falls in the forest, does it make a sound? Well, that was my introduction to the meaning of words because I said to my teacher, well, yes, you put a tape recorder there and it will record the sound. But the definition of a sound is that it is a, a, a vibrations that come to the human ear. Vibrations that travel through the ear, uh, through the air or another medium and can be heard when they reach a person or animal's ear. So if they don't reach an animal's ear, by definition, there's no sound. And that was my introduction to the meaning of words. So you define sound as it has to hit something, someone's ear, otherwise there's no sound. Johnson O'Connor has had a uh, research for over probably now 70 or 80 years. They do an inventory of about 17 inherited aptitudes, but the one variable is vocabulary. And they wrote right in their vocabulary book, and we have two of them in our library, the Living University Library, and they say, why do large vocabularies characterize executives and possibly outstanding men and women in other fields? The final answer seems to be that words are the instruments by, we- by means of which men and women grasp the thoughts of others and with which they do much of their own thinking. They are the tools of thought. So we need to have an understanding of words. Return to John 6:63, and you'll understand 
course, Christ himself was the Word, John 1.1, 1, 1, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was the Logos, the spokesman, the revelatory thought. He was the Word that was made flesh. John 6.63, he tells us the importance of words, and particularly words from, from him and from the Father. John 6, 63. It is the Spirit which gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. So what do we need to listen to? We need to listen to the words that are spirit and the words at our lives. So thank God for the gift of hearing and appreciate the characteristic of sound. But seek out quality sounds, sounds of nature, the sounds of truth, the sounds of the Bible. So don't damage your hearing by exposing your ears to terrible, confusing sounds, ear pods included, and improve your communication skills. As we read earlier, take heed how you hear. Next, what do you listen to? I turn to Psalm, uh, the 46th chapter. As I mentioned, I love the sounds of, of uh, nature. But every once in a while, on a sunny day or a spring day, we might hear a songbird or two. And in fact, I asked uh, three of our employees at headquarters, what sound do you like? And all three of them said songbirds. <laughs> uh, what sound do you like to hear? Psalm 46 gives us a different perspective. Psalm 46. Take a little while. Sometimes we listen and sometimes we need to listen to silence. So Psalm 46, verse 9. Come, behold the works of the Eternal, who has made desolation in the earth. He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in the fire. Recognize the power of God. Be still. Not just be still for the sake of silence. Sometimes we, you probably have been on one of these uh, caverns and caves and they turn off the lights and let you hear the silence of silence. It's deafening. He's, but it, the reason for silence here is... And know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. So you meditate and you understand what God is. And of course, uh, little children may not particularly care for silence. It was actually the, uh, the other day, I, I like the uh, comic strips, you know, and Charlotte Observer had this uh, on Thursday, Family Circus. Just as little boys kind of shouting a football in the corner of the house, and he says, "Does anybody else think it's too quiet in here?" So he's yelling, "It's a little too quiet for a boy in this house." But God wants us to hear good sounds. I one of my favorite sounds is my wife's violin. I really love to hear her play the violin. One of the other sounds that was uh, a little awakening, you might say, when I was in the uh, Army at uh, Fort Gordon, Georgia in 1959, 
We were alerted every morning by the sound of a trumpet, although we call it a bugle in those days. And some soldiers uh, disliked having to get up each morning with the sound of a bugle. So Irving Berlin wrote this uh, uh, song called Army Bugle. Oh, how I hate to get up in the morning. The other day I chanced to meet a soldier friend of mine. He'd been in camp for several weeks, and he was looking fine. His muscles had developed, and his cheeks were rosy red. I asked him how he liked hit the life, and this is what he said. Oh, how I hate to get up in the morning. Oh, how I hate to get out of bed. For the hardest blow of all is to hear the bugler call. You've got to get up. You've got to get up. You've got to get up this morning. Anyway, I really enjoyed that song from way, way back. That's uh, more than 50 years ago. Uh, but people sometimes uh, need to be awakened with a bugle. And we ourselves have to hear the trumpet warning that God gives us. And we have the responsibility of blowing the trumpet as watch men and watch women. What else do you like to hear? I like to hear barbershop quartet singing. My wife and I were in uh, Palm Springs one time, and Saturday night they had a, a annual convention, actually a competition of barbershop quartet singing. And, of course, that's called the SPBSQSA, the Society for the Preservation and Encouragement of Barbershop Quartet Singing in America. Uh, we were down in Atlanta a few weeks ago, and uh, we had a quartet. We just uh, soprano, um, you know, tenor, bass, baritone, and uh, they just sang a hymn, a cappella. And it was just beautiful, just the, the quartet singing that, that hymn, the four, four voices. So I, I really like uh, barbershop quartet singing, and I, I think uh, the McNair uh, men have been involved in that in the past. So there are many other beautiful sounds that we enjoy. Uh, Mr. Armstrong, of course, enjoyed the human potential. In fact, established the Ambassador International Cultural Foundation and brought to the Ambassador Auditorium uh, world-famous orchestras and and performers, pianists, um, uh, tenors and sopranos and all kinds of uh, musicians and and, uh, orchestras, I said. So that is an aspect of the incredible human potential. And, of course, the Brick Weekend, we had the full orchestra here and the choir saying we walk by faith, and we really enjoyed that. It was very special. So we enjoy the sounds that God makes available to us for inspiration, even for encouragement and protection. What else do you listen to? I hope you listen to world news as much as we May not like the bad news that we're hearing, but we need to begin be alert and watch and pray always, as Christ told us in Luke 21 and verse 36. And I hope you're listening and watching the Tomorrow's World telecast, watching the sermons. What else do you listen to? John 10. Turn to John the 10th chapter. What do you like to listen to? Thankfully, I have a CD player in my car so I can uh, play the sermons and uh, listen to them through traveling. John 10 and verse 27. I hope you have this marked in your Bible. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice, 
and I know them, and they follow me. Back in verse 16. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Talking about the Gentiles joining the body of Christ, so we have one flock. Let's turn to John 18 and verse 37, John 18. Pilate was questioning Jesus, John 18, verse 37. Pilate said, Are you a king then? Jesus said, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. How do you hear his voice? You hear his voice listening for instruction and guidance, even as we heard in the sermonette through administration of the church and the messages of the church. We hear his voice because we listen for correction. Turn to Hebrews, the 12th chapter. Hebrews 12. Hebrews, the 12th chapter. Something perhaps we don't want to listen as one of the purposes for listening. But you might say, well, I want to be listened for instruction and guidance. Maybe not for correction, but yes, instruction and guidance are part of correction. Hebrews, the 12th chapter. And we'll start here in uh, verse 25. Hebrews, the 12th chapter, and verse 25. See that you do not refuse him who speaks, as we heard in the sermonette, paraphrasing. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven whose voice then shook the earth. But now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as those things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably, with reverence and godly fear, for God is a consuming fire. Then let brotherly love continue. So he gives us that warning. Turn back to uh, verse 5, the same chapter, chapter 12, verse 5. And have you forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons? My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? So are you willing to take correction from your father in heaven? What do you listen to, and what purposes are you listening? I won't turn there. I'll just read you these uh, particular scriptures, Proverbs 15.31. The ear that hears the rebuke of life will abide among the wise. So if you listen for correction and guidance, 
The ear that hears the rebukes of life will abide among the wise. Proverbs 15.31. Proverbs 28 and verse 9. On the other hand, one who turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer will be an abomination. You don't want to turn your ear away from hearing the law. Jeremiah 7.24 Yet they did not obey and incline their ear, but followed the counsels and dictates of their evil hearts and went backward and not forward. One of the purposes for listening is correction, guidance, and instruction. The beautiful sounds of nature honor and glorify God. So listen to that which edifies and inspires Choose quality music, protect your ears from abuse, and pray that you can hear the shepherd's voice and respond willingly and faithfully. Next, what are the purposes for listening? We already mentioned correction and instruction, but we listen for information. We listen for understanding. We listen for inspiration. We listen for entertainment sometimes, and we listen for action. We need to be stirred to action. Turn to Matthew, the 13th chapter, Matthew 13. There, of course, the parable of the sower, Matthew, the 13th chapter. And verse 13, Matthew 13 and verse 13. The purpose is for parables. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. That he quotes from Isaiah. But God has given us a good understanding. I won't turn there, but you know Psalm 111, verse 10. The fear of the eternal is a beginning of wisdom, a good understanding. Have all those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever. There are different kinds of listeners, and uh, Terry Lemaster, president of Forward Leader, listens to uh, list four types of listeners. What type are you? There's Time-oriented, action-oriented, content-oriented, and people-oriented. He concludes his article by saying, The best listeners are able to adapt how they listen. They adapt their listening skills depending on the content and applicability. They are able to determine what listening skills should be used when. Most listeners have a default preference, but are able to develop multiple preferences. He mentions that effective communication hinges on our ability to listen. Listening above all other skills is critical to a leader's success. Research tells us that as adults we spend 70% of our time engaged in some kind of communication with an average of 45% of that time listening. If we spend this amount of time engaged in listening and communication, then our quality of relationships, job performance, 
that nearly every aspect of our lives are linked to how well we do at both. So listen with a purpose. Ask God for understanding and strive to be an effective listener. Next, how do you, how well do you listen to others? Others in your family, others in special situations, and children, how well do you listen to your parents and follow their instructions? Now, parents, of course, need to give their children something of value to listen to. And you're familiar with that in Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter. Deuteronomy 6. Verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the eternal our God, the eternal is one. You shall love the eternal your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Deuteronomy 6, verse 6, And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. So children, you need to listen, of course, to your parents. And Deuteronomy 4 and verse 9. Of course, Deuteronomy is the second giving of the law. Moses is rehearsing the history of their 40 years and wandering in the wilderness before going into the promised land. Deuteronomy, the fourth chapter, and uh, verse 9. He tells them, Only take heed to yourself and diligently keep yourself, lest you forget the things your eyes have seen unless they depart from your heart all the days of your life, and teach them to your children and your grandchildren, that they may learn to fear me, it says in verse 10. Parents need to also listen to their children. Dr. Jeffrey Falls' booklet on successful parenting God's way, page 9, quote, What every child needs is a balance of the two, which we would call loving authority. This would consist of equal parts of self-esteem developed through unconditional love and self-control, fostered by authoritative discipline and training. Together, these will build a stronger foundation for a child, just as the right balance of powder and water bond together into the most stable concrete. In this style of parenting, quote, and he quotes from um, Kathleen Berger, the developing person through the lifespan. In this style of parenting, quote, parents set limits and enforce rules, but they are also willing to listen respectfully to the child's requests and questions. They are also willing to listen respectfully to the child's requests and questions. Parents make high maturity demands on offspring, communicate well with them, and are nurturing. So how do we listen to others? One of the key points in listening effectively is brought out here in Philippians, the second chapter. Philippians 2. I know one time, a long time ago, uh, I was talking to some Church members had a line of people talk, waiting to talk to me at that time. And uh, my wife saw me looking my eyes off at, at a distance. She said, Dick, you weren't focusing on the person you were talking to that was talking to you. 
And uh, so I've had to learn to focus on the people whom, who are talking to me. But what does it tell us here in Philippians 2, in the verse 1? A very foundational principle. Therefore, if any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Value others better than yourself. In other words, respect is one of the best keys for listening effectively. You respect the person who is talking to you as a potential born-again child of God. Have that respect. Let each of you value others better than himself. Another key of listening, of course, is that we have extra time when we're listening to someone else because most people speak at about 125 words a minute. In the past, on my telecast, I've been up to 150 words a minute. I'm slowed down now, I think, to about 145. I don't know what you're speaking, Mr. Smith, but uh, about 145 words a minute. But if someone is speaking 125 words a minute, you are able to think four times faster than that. So what do you do with the extra time? Oh, you're planning your dream vacation, or you're thinking about what you're going to do tonight, or are you focusing on what the person is saying? You might want to record in your mind a question to ask after the person finishes his or her conversation. You might record in your mind a special point that you might want to remember. So you use that time in concentrating. You also, of course, in listening to others, use what we have called um, critical thinking. It means not to be criticizing, but to be evaluating as God wants us to, to prove all things, test all things, hold fast that which is good, First Thessalonians 5.21. So we need to listen to others fairly carefully and evaluate and use that extra time to focus for other questions, noting what may be available, and again, thinking of what might be questionable and thinking what something may need confirmation. When we listen to others, we must sometimes need counsel. And I, I won't turn there, but Proverbs 11:14, Where there is no counsel, the people felt fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Proverbs 11:14. A similar proverb, Proverbs 15:22, Without counsel, plans go awry. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. Now, one of the techniques of listening is called reflective listening. Uh, this is uh, from uh, Stephen Covey's book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It's under a section on uh, seek first to understand, then to be understood. He gives the example of a high school student talking to his father. And the student is saying this to his father. Boy, Dad, I've had it. School is for the birds. And the father says, 
What's the matter, son? The son says, it's totally impractical. I don't get a thing out of it. And the father says, well, you just can't see the benefits yet, son. I felt the same way when I was your age. I remember thinking what a waste some of the classes were, but those classes turned out to be the most helpful to be later on. Just hang in there. Give it some time. I've given it ten years of my life. Can you tell me what good? So anyway, so that's the common response. A father just reacts to his son trying to give advice immediately. The other kind of approach of listening is reflective listening. And this is the way it goes. Boy, Dad, I've had it. School is for the birds. Instead of the father reflects back what he said. You've had it. You think school is for the birds. He just repeats back to him what he said. Boy, Dad, I've had it. School is for the birds. The father says, you don't want to go to school anymore. Boy, Dad, I've had it. School is for the birds. You're feeling really frustrated. So now he's really getting tuned in to the boy, and the boy begins to open up. Rather being resistant to his father's advice, he's now opening up to, to other further conversation to his father. It's just reflective listening. It's also one of the uh, counseling technique, techniques in regular uh, counseling therapy and uh, counseling. So listening to others, are you an effective listener in a social situation? Are you exercising respect, whether to a parent, a child, or to a friend? In loneliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Are you trying to understand the other person? Where is he coming from? Are you exercising concentration and comprehension? Listen for wise counsel. Proverbs 14, verse 7. We might turn there in concluding this one section on communicating with others. Proverbs 14, 7. And we have to use this in a wise, discretionary way. Proverbs 14, verse 7. Go from the presence of a foolish man when you do not perceive in him the lips of knowledge. It takes wisdom as to know when to listen and when to cut off a conversation. But do your best and strive to apply the effective listening principles. You know, I used to have the problem knowing when my wife was speaking, and there's a story of the henpecked husband. The wife was just talking to him and, and he was trying to get a word in edgewise, and after a how, uh, half an hour, he, he uh, finally uh, got a word in edgewise, and, and uh, she said uh, she was complaining about him. And he said, but dear, I haven't said a word. But she responded, but you've been listening in a most aggravating manner. <laughs> so how do we listen? There's a quote from John Gray that has helped me on men are from Mars and women are from Venus. Men argue for the right to be free, while women argue for the right to be upset. Men want space, while women want understanding. In a section on revolving, resolving conflicts through understanding, Gray writes, By supporting her need to be heard, she could support his need to be free. 
And I thought whenever my wife was talking to me, oh, she needs a, a solution to her problem. And I realized after uh, Gray's comments here, no, she doesn't need a solution from me. She doesn't need advice from me. She just wants me to listen and understand what she's saying. And that's helped me in my relationship with my wife. Now, I do give her advice, by the way, but, but uh, this was very helpful. Uh, sometimes women just want to be heard and understood. They don't want your advice and solutions to a supposed problem. So how well do you listen to others? Next section, how well do you listen to God? Turn to Psalm 29, Psalm 29. How well do you listen to God? We have the uh, hymn, God Speaks to Us. Psalm 29, verse 1. Give unto the eternal, O mighty ones, give unto the eternal glory and strength. Psalm 29, verse 2. Give unto the eternal the glory to his name. Worship the eternal in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the eternal is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The eternal is over many waters. The voice of the eternal is powerful. The voice of the eternal is full of majesty. The voice of the eternal breaks the cedars. Yes, the eternal splinters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes them also to skip like a calf. Lebanon and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the eternal divides the flames of fire. The voice of the eternal shakes the wilderness. The voice of the eternal makes the deer give birth. So God's voice is powerful. It's majestic. The creation communicates with us. How do we hear the voice of God? The voice of the eternal is full of majesty. The creation also communicates with us. George Washington Carver was an American botanist and inventor. He was a pioneer in agriculture. Uh, he was born in Diamond, Missouri, not far from Joplin, Missouri. And now it's a national monument. My wife and I have visited that uh, national monument of George Washington Carver uh, two times. One of the statements he made, and uh, he was a graduate of uh, Iowa State University, and I, I suppose that influences me a little bit because you know where Iowa State is. It's in Ames, Iowa. But anyway, he said this. this is a famous quotable quote. I love to think of nature as an unlimited broadcasting station through which God speaks to us every hour. If we will only tune in, George Washington Carver. I love to think of nature as an unlimited broadcasting station through which God speaks to us every hour. If we will only tune in. Now, of course, I won't turn there, but you know, Israel did not want to listen to God. They didn't want to listen to his voice. Remember at Mount Sinai when God gave the Ten Commandments, what they said to Moses in Exodus 20, verse 19, You, Moses, speak with us, and we will hear. But not let not God speak with us, lest we die. So, by history... Uh, people have refused to listen to God, but we need to listen to God. And we listen to Him through creation. We listen to Him through the sermons. We listen to Him through 
the Bible, through Bible studies, but we also get serious warnings from God as well. Let's turn to Hebrews, the third chapter, Hebrews 3. We need to take the warnings from God seriously. We're in the end time, and we realize that we need to avoid Laodiceanism. We need to be zealous for God. We need to stir ourselves up to fulfill the work and the commission God has given us. Hebrews 3 and verse 7. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works forty years. Therefore I was angry with that generation and said, They always go astray in their heart, and they have not known my way. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Verse 12, Hebrews 3. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. That's how you need to listen carefully. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So, brethren, we are warned to hear God's voice, to let not our hearts be hardened. We need to be careful how we hear. Mr. Jonathan McNair is giving the Bible study. Some of you heard on last Wednesday night on Judges. Uh, he gave the example from Judges, the second chapter, about those who would not hear. I might turn back there to Judges, the second chapter. So we have the serious warnings from God. We need to listen through creation, listen to his voice through the scriptures, through his ministry. Judges, the second chapter after chapter 1, Judges. Starting with uh, verse 16. Nevertheless, the Eternal raised up judges who delivered them out of the hand of those who plundered them because they were doing what was right in their own eyes. Verse 17. Yet they would not listen to their judges, but they played the harlot with other gods and bowed down to them. They turned quickly from the way in whom which their fathers walked in obeying the commandments of the eternal, they did not so. As we heard in the sermonette from Hebrews 13.7, Obey those that have the rule over you, or who are the guides. Turn now to Ezekiel 33. Ezekiel, the 33rd chapter. We have a sevenfold mission from the... The Dr. Meredith, number two, has preached the end-time prophecies and the Ezekiel warning to the Israelites' people. Number one, of course, is preach the gospel of the kingdom in the true name of Jesus Christ. So there are those who did not, who listened, but didn't respond. Ezekiel 33 is, is a warning for all of us, and I remember hearing this in a sermon back in Pasadena years ago, and it really made an impression on my mind. It was uh, powerfully stated. I won't uh, raise my voice as that uh, pastor did in that particular time, 
Ezekiel 33, verse 30. As for you, son of man, the children of your people are talking about you besides the walls and in the doors of the houses, and they speak one to another. They speak to one another, everyone saying to his brother, Please come and hear what the word is that is that comes from the eternal. So they come to you as people do. They sit before you as my people, and they hear your words, but they do not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but with their hearts pursue their own gain. Indeed, you are to them as a lovely song, a very lovely song of one who has a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument. For they hear your words, but they do not do them. And when this comes to pass, surely it will come to come, then they will know that a prophet has been among them. So brethren, let that, that not apply to any of you sitting here that you hear sermons as a lovely song, but don't respond. We are nearing the end time. We're getting close. Every day is closer, one day closer to the return of Jesus Christ. We need to stir ourselves up to be alert, to have listening ears, ears to hear to what God is teaching us and leading us to respond. James, the first chapter, James 1. You're familiar with our responsibilities and responding to God. James 1, verse 19. James 1, verse 19. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be slow, swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Swift to hear and slow to speak. Be careful and not make judgments. James 1.22 Be you doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. If any among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. So again, we need to listen with ears to hear. Revelation, the second and third chapters, Revelation 2 and 3. Remember that the admonition here is that we need to listen to each of the messages to each church. So we'll we'll go over this fairly quickly. We'll just kind of highlight it. Uh, we have uh, seven lessons from seven churches in the Living Church News um, by Dr. Douglas Winnale, uh, January and February 2010. We have another article, Self-Examination, a Vital Key to, go- to uh, Growth, March, April 2009. 
which covers the examination of ourselves with respect to Revelation 2 and Revelation 3. Revelation 2, the church at Ephesus. So what we need to do, brethren, is to look at each of these messages and say, does this apply to me? Do I have this problem? Do I need to affect Christ's admonition to the message of Ephesus? Verse 4, Nevertheless, I have this against you. You have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you and quickly and remove your lampstand from your place unless you repent. Did you get the message? If you have lost your first love, you are told to repent. Verse 7, He who has an ear... Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And then, to him who overcomes. Verse 8, to the angel of Smyrna. Verse 10, do not fear any of those things which are about you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation ten days. If that happens to any of us, what do we have to do? Be faithful unto death. And I will give you the crown of life. Some of us may be martyrs in God's work before the end has come, before the second coming of Christ. Verse 11, he has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt with a second death. Then the message to Pergamos. Verse 12. Verse 13. I know your works. You hold fast my name and have not, and do, did not deny my faith, even in the days in which Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was killed among you, where Satan dwells. Verse 14, but I have a few things against you. You have the doctrine of Balaam. You also have those who hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate, verse 15. So if you have any of those tendencies, what must you do? Verse 16, repent, or else I will come to you quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Verse 17, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The angels Thyatira, uh, verse 18, I know your works, verse 19, love, service, faith, and your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. Verse 20, nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to reach, teach, and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. But hold fast what you have till I come. So he that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Chapter 3, verse 1, the angel Sardis. Verse 2, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found your works perfect before God. Verse 4, you have a few names even in Sardis who have not denied their... not deny their garments, and shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy, for he overcomes. 
shall be clothed in white garments. But he says in the previous verse 3, If you will not watch, I will come unto you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come to you. The Philadelphians, he says, I know your works, verse uh, verse 8, and I have set before you an open door, and no man can shut it, for you have a little strength, and have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Mr. Weston gave in the Charlotte Family Weekend, December, his title of the sermon was, 25 years of the church have kept my word and not denied my name. So we're thankful for that, but we must test ourselves and make sure we keep the command to persevere, verse 10. He says, verse 11, Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. Then, of course, to Laodicea, verse 14, He says, I know your works, that you are neither cold or hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. You say you have need of nothing. Verse 19, if you're Laodicean, what message is for you? As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Are you hearing the voice of God? Are you hearing his message for you? God, on the other hand, not only do we hear his messages, but he also hears our prayers. 1 John 5, verse 14. God is kind enough to realize we recognize, confess our own sins. We humble ourselves before him. We share our worries, our anxieties, our inadequacies with God. And he'll give us the strength to overcome if we follow his instructions. 1 John 5 and verse 14. Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we asked of him. So God does hear our prayers. How well do we listen to God? Remember he said that if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven. If we learn effective listening and listen to God, we will be able to teach others who will be listening to us. And we rehearse that during the Feast of Tabernacles, Isaiah 30, verse 18. We will be able to say to others, this is the way, walk you in it. And I I won't turn there, but Isaiah 30, verse 19. For the people shall dwell in Zion at Jerusalem. You shall weep no more. He will be gracious to you at the sound of your cry. When he hears it, he will answer you. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it. In the millennium, people will see us as their teachers, and they will hear us saying, This is the way, walk in it. So how well do you listen to God? Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Next, we need to be fulfilling the watchman's warning message. 
we have to blow the trumpet loud and clear. In Ezekiel, the 33rd chapter, Ezekiel 33, you know the mission that God gave us as the watchman. He gave to Jeremiah and to Ezekiel. Ezekiel 33, verse 2, Son of man, speak to the children of your people and say to them, When I bring the sword on the land and the people of the land, take a man from the territory and make him the watchman. When he sees the sword coming upon the land, if he blows the trumpet and warns the people, then whoever hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take warning, if the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be on his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet, but did not take warning. His blood shall be upon himself, but he who takes warning shall save himself. Verse 7, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, you shall hear a word from my mouth and warn them from me. So we have a corporate responsibility. Dr. Meredith um, mentioned that several times, that we as a church have a corporate responsibility as the watchmen. Dr. Douglas Winnell wrote an article in the Living Church News, um, The World Ahead, rather, May 3rd, uh, 2018, just a few weeks ago. The church as a watchman. Many churches feel their mission is to tell the world that God loves everyone and Jesus came to save sinners. But just as God raised up prophets to warn ancient nations of Israel and Judah, the church of God has a similar mission to function as a watchman to warn modern Israelite nations and the world of what lies ahead. So we have that responsibility. And the day of the Lord, of course, sounds the trumpets. And we'll hear more and that, the uh, Feast of Trumpets is just three months away on uh, Monday, um, September 10th. And, uh, of course, we'll be reviewing the seven trumpet plagues at that time. We heard uh, trumpets during the hymns today, the trumpet and the uh, French horn. So we're called to sound the watchman's trumpet and to lift up our voice like a trumpet. And we need to hear the trumpet warning ourselves. But we look forward also to the millennial sounds, the triumphant sounds of the future. What triumphant sound, what glorious sound do you want to hear in the future? One sound, many sounds I would like to hear, but one is the seventh trumpet. Revelation, the 11th chapter, and verse 15. You all know the sound and the announcement of the kingdom of God coming to earth. Revelation 11:15, the seventh trumpet, that will be a glorious sound, a powerful sound. It's a warning sound, too, because the seven last plagues are poured out. But for God's faithful people, it is the resurrection of the just, the resurrection of the saints at the last trumpet. Revelation 11:15, then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. And chapter 15, it will turn over a couple of pages. What other sounds will you hear? We will be making sounds ourselves, that is, glorious praise to God. Revelation 15, in verse 2, And I saw something like a sea of glass mingled with fire, and those who have the victory over the beast, over the image, over his man's mark, 
and over the number of his name, standing on the sea of glass, having harps of God. We'll be on the sea of glass for the wedding after the seventh trumpet. And what will we sing? They sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. And so we will be singing, and we will be playing harps. Uh, I'm sure God will, will give us that gift all of a sudden. So let's look forward to the time when we hear those wonderful millennial sounds. The sounds of boys and girls playing in the street, as it says in, in Zechariah 8 and verse 4. Old men and old women shall again sit in the streets of Jerusalem, each with his staff in his hand because of great age. Zechariah 8.5, the streets of the city shall be full of boys and girls playing in the streets. And we also will look forward to the time when Ezekiel will say, hear the word of the Lord. Let's turn there, Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37 and verse 3. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord eternal, you know. Again he said, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Those bones are going to hear the word of the Lord. Then says the eternal God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. I will put sinews on you among flesh on you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. Yes, we need to hear the word of the Lord. And billions of people will finally hear the word of the Lord and be raised as in a physical resurrection of the white throne judgment. Brethren, our responsibility is now to hear the word of the Lord each and every day. We need to practice hearing with our ears, hearts, and minds. Thank God for the gift of hearing, not only, again, with the ears, but with our understanding and the revelation he's given us. Examine yourself, whether you're listening to the shepherd's voice that you've responded to, the message of revelation, that he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, and that we must overcome. Pray for understanding with heart and ears to hear. Let's communicate with one another in love. And let's remember Romans 10:17. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. As Dr. Meredith, in his quotable quote, said, Saturate your mind with the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So let's look forward to the triumphant sounds of the future. And in the meantime, let's practice godly hearing. Let's practice effective listening. And take heed how you hear.